Hey everybody, it's Richard Harris and Scott Lee, season three, episode 35 of the Surfing Sales Podcast, uh, brought to you by our good friends at Sendoso Scratch Pad and Outreach. Uh, if you're looking to grow and build your sales and revenue teams, these are the tools we love, like, recommend, because we know that they help. Um, so please check them out um, because we really appreciate it. Also, uh, announcing our surf and sales wake wait what is it wake surf and sales that's how good richard is today jordan uh, uh wake surf and sales event coming up in october uh for founders and it's going to be in austin texas it's got lisa's wonderful beautiful lake house which i've uh, seen and it's really going to be cool focusing on founders and um challenges of being a founder and what it means to go and grow is at that level from from different perspectives so please check us out at uh, surfandsales.com slash Texas. Uh, in addition, of course, we still have Surf and Sales uh, in Costa Rica in November. Feel free to check us out there as well. And now we want to introduce our newest good friend, Jordan Freeman, who is, um, I totally spaced it, an AE account executive where, Jordan? At Screen Loop. Let me, Screen let, Loop. Me, let, me, let me sub in for Richard real quick, Jordan. Please. Yeah. Because Richard has been on vacation for quite a while, so he's just a little bit rusty. So we're gonna we're gonna give him some grace. Always rusty, real quick. Uh, yeah, we're talking to Jordan Freeman today. Jordan's the account executive over at Screen Loop, and he's also the founder of the BDR Insider, which he started a few months ago. He's based in uh, New York City, I think, right, Jordan? Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, man. By the way, Jordan has a fantastic sense of humor, which is neither <laughs> here nor there. We just had a little debate off offline. And uh, Jordan and I are aligned. Richard is, again, a little bit out of it. So welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate so, it. So yes. this episode is uh, one of our kind of what we call Rose the Rose Nest yeah. episodes. When we, when we do surf and sales down in Costa Rica, everybody who comes, uh, who wants one, gets a little one-on-one -on -one session, one-on-two session where they get to ask questions of, of Richard and I and, and our partner Jeff who usually participates as well and this is kind of a upside down episode of, of the podcast if you will normally we ask our guests questions but this is all about you Jordan and, and you asking questions and us trying to be as helpful as we can to you so uh, what do you want to talk about today Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, and just like give some background on how I got connected with, with Richard. I started this BDR insider to help, uh, newer BDRs essentially learn the game so that they wouldn't have this really, really long ramp time before they figured out that they shouldn't be spending 45 minutes to personalize an email. So I started reaching out to sales leaders in the industry and I told Richard that I wanted to learn as much as I could. And he said, you know what, you should come and ask all of your questions on our podcast so that we can share it with everyone else. So, And the BDR hopefully... Insider is, is a newsletter. It's a, a LinkedIn. Is it a TikTok platform? Like, what is it all about? It's a newsletter weekly on Tuesdays where I share like quick tips, like no fluff tips, maybe like some templates for emails, cold call scripts, openers, closers, different discovery call tactics. And then I have a TikTok that I post to every single day. Some funny videos, cold call openers. Um, I used this cold call opener the other day. It's a 
hey, this is Jordan. Uh, I know you're probably going to hate me because this is a cold call. So would you like to hang up and fire me now? Or would you like to roll the dice? I've heard this one. And the guy, the guy started cracking up in his car and goes, Jordan, I'm in the car. What do you got for me? That's and awful. it turned out that he wasn't he wasn't even at the company anymore because I've been calling him since the beginning of April. But <laughs> we, got uncovered, it, got a, we uncovered a different problem after we got <laughs> <into> the opener. <laughs> yeah, but it got a million views on on TikTok. So people seemed to wow. love that opener. A million Jeez. views. We're on the wrong. We're on the wrong platform. I was gonna say we should turn this back around. Jordan, are you able to monetize that yet? Does TikTok pay you for like Google Ads does? Um, no, they don't pay you like that. But what the what the method that you're supposed to do is you you get a big following, and then you start selling like content and digital methods of the information you have. So it could be cold call script writing or P I know people that sell email sequences on TikTok and they make a killing from selling email sequences. Listen, we just, I just shared a really good, uh, prospecting email with you. <laughs> Feel free to use that one on your TikTok. Just make sure you cite me as the, as the recipient. You can get 50%. Hey, 50% and nothing. I, we're, in, we're off to a good start. <laughs> All right, Jordan, what do you want to ask? Go ahead. Fire away. Okay. Bro. So my first question is, if you're a 25-year-old working in software sales and you're an account executive, what's your mindset right now? And what are you doing to develop as fast as possible? Well, my mindset right now is, is to become as good a salesperson as possible. Make sure I hit my number consistently. Make sure I make myself as marketable as possible in case anything happens with my company and, and my relationship or my job there goes squirrely because I'm trying to craft employment security for myself, not job security. Job security being one-to-one -one just with that particular company, employment security being more one-to-many where anybody out there who's looking for a good salesperson might hire me. So I'm trying to develop you know, the right kind of skill sets, prospecting skill sets, creativity, tone, cadence, delivery of my pitch, the way I demo, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and if it was me, I'm trying to think about where do I go next and what do I have to do in order to get there? What things do I still have to learn and focus on in order to make it to uh, that next level? Where do I go to learn all this stuff? Man, I, everywhere is where I go. I check out books, I check out podcasts, I check out webinars, I check out events. I build my network far and wide and I tap into that network and I dig into uh, micro communities, places like Thursday night sales, surf and sales, um, communities where people have been there and done that in terms of what I'm trying to, to do and, and as well as some people who are going through it right now. Um, so that, that's my answer to your question. Richard, what would you say? I don't know what you left open. Um, I, I mean, I agree with every single thing Scott said. And I think the hyper focus is on hitting the number um, first and foremost, and then finding one of the suggestions Scott said to work on. So maybe it's just joining the micro community. Maybe it's starting with a book. So if I'm early in my career, I can't do everything. I don't know what I don't know. And so some of it for some people might be one step at a time. Um, 
I also would add finding that mentor, right? Finding that person, um, whether it's a micro community or an individual to come along. Like Jordan, you just reached out to me out of the blue, right? But now mm-hmm. we're connected. It turned into a podcast. We're helping you promote your thing. Um, you know, you're always welcome to come and ask us questions. Um, but just the fact that you did that, I think is really important. So um, I think it's finding the one thing that you can do. Now, the one thing I like about Scott with Surf and Sales Community or Thursday Night Sales is that's one thing that has a lot of mentors, <laughs> a lot of people you can go and listen to mm-hmm. um, on a Thursday night. Um, so I like that. And I think the the last thing is um, also making sure that you take a little time for yourself every day. Uh, I'm a big fan of the mental health piece. So I was the opposite. I did what Scott suggested way back in the nineties of like, just throw into work and work 12 hours a day and then go hang out with everybody from work and have a beer. And it was fun, but I didn't really take a lot of time for myself and it, it led to some other issues for me. So just, you know, be mindful to yourself. And, and I think that's the, the that's it. I don't, I don't want to prolong it from there. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so going off of that and making sure that I have mentors and that I am, you know, every everything in small doses or just one thing at a time, reading books or joining the micro communities right. or, you know, having some sort of mentor, something that I've went through as a BDR and then in inside sales and then into AE and I see other BDRs go through the same thing is besides my own judgment how do I know that the person that's teaching me or that the book that I'm reading is the proper information to be learning? Because there are people that will praise medic and praise Bant. And then you have guys like, uh, you know, other guys that praise gap selling and praise different ways of selling. And it's two totally different methods of sales. So, so how do I know which is the, so the correct way? I'm that one first. So the first thing is that um, you're always finding the right person because even if they tell you the wrong thing, you're going to move closer to the right thing. That's painful. We don't like that. If you're talking about a sales process, medic, band, meat, you know, whatever, um, I think it's all horseshit. And I have my own, like I have meat selling. So nothing has changed in sales since Mesopotamia, like since the biblical days, right? You got a product or service, somebody wants it. <clears throat> we all use the same stuff. How do you use open and closed into questions? How do I establish rapport and respect? So all of that's what matters. If you're trying to define a process, and it's different if you're an individual as a rep, because hopefully your leadership team has built in the process and that they can coach you to it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you discover they put in the more complicated process or methodology, well, that's worthy of saying something, but if they aren't willing to change, then that's good for you because now you got a piece of information. You can decide if you want to stay there. I'm not a fan of rip and replace. I don't think that's the problem. The value of the methodology you choose rests solely on the management of your and your leadership to make sure that they coach you to it. Yes, you should self-educate. Sure, go read a ton about medic. Go read Keenan's book about gap selling. Educate yourself. But I can promise you, the techniques aren't that different. The actual blocking and tackling is exactly the same. All that's different is how they tell you to think about it and approach it, which is good. But you know, the last thing I'll say is that 
on occasion, a methodology can be overly complex or overly simple. You know, medic is a great piece, but it wouldn't work that well, I don't think, for a one to three call close. Like it's it's a little too deep for that. Um, mm. But I'd be I'm willing for someone who knows medic to say, well, actually, Richard, it works great. But you know, it just depends. So anyway, I'll stop there. Uh, the the sort of philosophy for the the formula medic challenger gap selling even my formula addiction selling to me i think what matters the most is which one you resonate with the most you know i would never sit here and say any of those other people don't know what they're talking about and they shouldn't be followed I would just say for me, something else resonated more for me through my own personal experience. And that's how I learned how to sell. And so I, I documented it and I put it together and it's worked well and continues to work well. So that's the one that I'm the most passionate about. So if I'm you, you know, or somebody else who's younger in their career, <clears throat> I'd be very careful to like digest too much too fast because I think you can confuse yourself. So I wouldn't go be a student of all of these different methodologies because I get overwhelmed, you know? So I, I might read one and say, okay, this one, I understand it, but like, it doesn't speak to my soul or it's not like as fun or whatever it is, or it's the wrong ICP. I'm in the wrong sales cycle for that one. Like Richard's point about medic. And then I might read gap selling and be like, holy shit, Keenan, like, speaks my language or i might read you know things to the process and be like wow i really resonate with like what scott's been through so i think it really has to connect with you i feel very strongly about that and i feel the same way about which people you know you use as a mentor or a coach right like both richard and i could coach you to be successful in sales but who do you get along with better who do you bond with more that that's richard tough. No, well, there you go. <laughs> See, I told you you had a good sense of humor. I told you it has a good sense of humor. But that would be the pick, though, right? If you felt that way, that would be the right answer. It's not, I don't, I don't think it's disrespectful to the other person. It's just I, like, that's who, that's where I resonate. And so, therefore, I'm going to go that way. So, the one thing I'll, sorry, go ahead, Scott. No, I was just going to add on, other than the methodology piece, you, it seemed like you were also alluding to the challenge of kind of the, the creator and branding thing that we've got going on where there's a million people on LinkedIn and other places talking about like, you should do this and you should do that. And it's like, how the fuck do I sift through the noise and tell who's real and who's giving good advice and, and whatnot? Couple things, really pay attention to their background, how long they were at particular places. So for example, if I'm taking sales advice from an AE, who's had four jobs in four years and never really lasted a year at any of those places. That's a bad sign. That's a red flag to me. If I'm taking advice on how to build and scale sales orbs from somebody who's done it successfully three or four times, and I can look at their resume and say, Oh, wow, Richard was a VP of sales at these places three, four times for three years at a time. I've heard of that company, their big brand that lends itself towards somebody that's more likely to be credible, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you're, mm -hmm. you really just dive into people's background, 
and have they walked the walk and have they been successful in their in their endeavors or are they just out there trying to build a brand just for the hell of it go ahead richard yeah the the other thing i would say about finding a mentor um that i, I learned this through some of the mental health stuff i i support is that in some ways you're actually looking for a personal board of directors so scott might be hey i need to be a vp of sales person that you go ask i might be the sales tactician right um but that also could mean that you know what you know jordan maybe you know you're getting married and you want to find someone who's been down this road of life so you need you know someone to be a, a figure and maybe it's your father it can be but just someone who's going to give you a different perspective or maybe you need a financial mentor right someone who helps you with your figuring out what you know growth and wealth and those things look like or maybe you know i've, I've talked to many um uh, people of color particularly women they you know it's interesting you know i'm happy to give advice to anybody but sometimes i'll say look i'm not a woman and i'm not a person of color so here's my advice but we need to find you someone who's walked your walk so i think rather than it being just one mentor you should try to have this personal board of directors and i can assure you that everybody will add value to every other part. So you could have this financial advisor who gives you great advice that'll come and sail her life or this person who's going to coach you on, you know, being a better husband, father, partner, whatever. I can assure you that advice will work in the same thing in sales and the advice you get in sales will go work in life. So to some extent, I think it's maybe broaden it beyond just one mentor and think of this personal board of directors who can help me as I grow through life. Yeah, I understand. That's a great, great, uh, that gives me a lot to think about. Okay. Perfect. Um, all right. I guess like moving, moving sideways, what I know I spoke about this with Richard, but Scott, besides obviously addicted to the process, what books should I be reading? now to make sure that I can continue to develop? Yeah. It's, it's difficult for me to give a good answer because um, I don't know you that well and I don't know your circumstances, the things you like and dislike and whatnot. So I'm very much like Bill Jackson in this regard. I don't know how much you know about Bill Jackson, coach of the Bulls and the Lakers and everything. Mm -hmm. He would give everybody on his team a different book at the beginning of every season to read. And it would be totally personalized to that person. It wasn't like he picked one book and was like, everybody on the team needs to read this. So I, I kind of think like that a little bit, you know? So for example, I don't know if reading business books and sales books is like something you love or not. So if it's not something you love, I wouldn't tell you to read them. I would tell you to read books about leadership or overcoming obstacles uh, and hardships, fiction or nonfiction, by the way. I might tell you to read biographies about people who've you know, come from nothing and turned themselves into something like Mike Tyson's biography, Bob Marley's biography, something like that. Because I'm a firm believer that once we start looking at our world through the lens of sales and business and leadership, and monetization and all this kind of stuff 
whatever I'm reading or consuming, I can find parallels everywhere to whatever I'm reading. So I'll read a, a biography about Bob Marley and be like, holy shit, I just had this like epiphany about something, right? Or I'll read this book about, uh, you know, these World War II fighter pilots who, who get shot down and end up floating adrift on the sea and trying to survive. And like, I can relate to that shit. It's like, you think cold calling is hard? Imagine going through something like that. And it gives me perspective. Yeah, I use that perspective when I'm selling or I use that perspective when I'm having a down revenue month to like not jump off a bridge and try to, you know, be strong about things. So that's how I think about, you know, what book should I be reading and all of that? I don't, I don't, I can't just say like, go read these, you know, four or five is it very much depends, I think on who you are. Um, so that, that's kind of my answer. Richard will probably have a better, more straightforward answer for you. No, mine's, mine's the same. I mean, I, Jordan and I actually talked about this the other day and I gave him a bunch of different books. Um, I get bored with business books sometimes. Like some of them I like, some of them I don't. I also tend to avoid them a little bit as I'm actually finally writing my book because um, I don't want to accidentally misappropriate something from me, you know, from someone else. Um, but I do the same thing. Like this year I've read more autobiographies than anything i like autobiographies a lot because they most people who write them will tell you a life lesson along the way to scott's point a perspective um i also read um i went through a phase i read like three or four steinbeck novels this this summer um because i never read them in high school and i was like oh my god these are beautiful this so is think about so think think about that for a second jordan so like what might somebody learn from reading some steinbeck novels that they could apply to their life to be a better seller or a better leader or just a better person, right? Maybe storytelling would be one of them. The way that you paint a picture, right? Yep, like visualization. Sure. I mean, Richard yeah. read, the, read, read the books. I'm just taking a, a guess here, but like that's kind of the, the route that we're going down. Richard just said he loves autobiographies. He read tons of autobiographies. What did he learn? He learned life lessons from these people who went through stuff and became successful. We know that better people sell better, right? We believe yeah. that. The more well-rounded somebody is, the more they have their shit together and they're less stressed and distracted in other areas of their life. So how is Richard reading autobiographies not helpful to him selling? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Scott, do yeah, you I have think the other? What'd you say, Richard? I was asking Scott if he has his shit together because I wasn't sure. <laughs> I very much. I think I think I could definitely get better at at storytelling. Yeah. I think that yeah. is something that I could improve upon. Right. Yeah, I mean so, it's amazing. You know, so do you want to go read? No disrespect to anybody who's written a formal book about storytelling, but like, do you want to go read like a formal business book about how to tell stories, or do you want to go read novels that are stories? And, and just learn by absorption like that. I don't know the answer for you. I know for me, I'm not going to read the textbook about it. I'm going to absorb myself in yeah. stories and see how people have done this and feel it. Yeah, I think I'm a good, uh, I, I watch, I do, I watch a lot of stand-up comedy and skits along those lines. So when I'm telling stories, it's usually funny stories. And so I've been told that I am a good storyteller, but when it comes to, 
helping people visualize a certain situation. Like my dad's been in sales for 35 years. He's always telling me when I'm, when I'm selling life insurance, I'm making the, the client visualize what their life will be in 20, 30 years. I'm helping them saying, you know, this is what your future will look like, painting a picture with them. So I feel like I need to get better at, at helping people visualize outcomes. And yeah, I do think that reading books on story, like actual stories would be better than reading a textbook. Can I, can I offer you a, how to paint a picture of pain story? Yeah, please. So, So imagine in your head, a Tylenol commercial, either in a magazine or on television, what pops in your head? What headaches? Yeah. But how do they portray, how do they portray that? It's like someone, it's like a, it would exactly what it looks like in the zoom box. And it would be me with my hand over my head like this, like in pain. That's, and what color is the pain? Red always. Did you notice it's the same color red as the Tylenol bottle and brand? Yes, I didn't realize that. It's like that, like nice bright red kind of. Yeah. So that's, that's what it means to, that's what your dad, I, I agree with what your dad's saying. That is something I explained because I, I think it's hard sometimes for, for a younger generation to understand the value of life insurance, right? Like we just think we're indestructible. So, but mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to do is how do I, how do I paint my picture of pain or my prospect's picture of pain very quickly within a split second? That's where you're driving. Got it. So. Okay. What else, my man? Okay. So now as a, as a newer AE and from what I've heard, and I, I do believe that this is true also, the most important part of the entire sale is the discovery and understanding the prospect's problems. Now, is there any specific way that you're running your discovery calls in a way where you're focusing on certain aspects or I've heard, you know, I've heard people say, I ask a blanket question and then based on their response, that's the avenue I go down. Or people say, I like to ask them, you know, what specifically piqued your interest in taking today's call? And based on what they say there, then I go down that route. So is there any sort of way that you're running these types of calls and looking for specific information? Yes. For me, I'm very methodical. I think Scott, Scott will say he's not, but he is. Um, But I will do the same thing and I will, but I will get slightly more specific. Hey, typically, you know, and, and mine's different, right? But it's like, oh, you know, we need sales training or SDR training. But I always turn it and make it very unique about them. And I'll say, Jordan, hey, most time people want to talk to me about sales training, but you know what? I know your company's different than every other company. What does that mean for you? And I'll say, oh, I've got this many AEs and this and that. And I'll be like, great. Okay, but what does that mean? Like, what's your team like? Like, at the end of an engagement, Jordan, you want to be better at blank, blank, and blank. What are those blanks? And then if they, again, I, I, I built this in such a way that it's almost the same conversation every time, but I paint it around their uniqueness, not what I do. So that's, and that's, but I'm very methodical that way. So, so are you bringing, are you bringing pain 
first. So you're saying typically when I speak with you, when, you know, when I typically when I speak with AEs Jordan, they're looking to focus on these different areas. Is would that be something you want to talk about today, or is there something else that you Correct. had now, in mind? Now, yes, it's also unique. It would be unique to how you set the meeting. Like, hey, you know, if, if you identified a pain in setting that meeting, but everybody's pains, the, the piece I see about sales is that everybody's pains are the same. However, they're unique to their own perspective. So I'm trying to get their answer from their perspective, not what I assume that it is. So people come to me and say, I need prospecting training. I'm like, great. Well, what does that mean for you? They'll be like, well, I need more meetings. Like, okay. Yeah. But do you need better emails? Do you need better cold calling? Do you want LinkedIn? Like, what does it mean? Yeah. And, and so again, that's how I focus on it. And then it becomes customized to their uniqueness, even though it's 99% the same stuff everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I want to hear Scott's answer to this. Well, I, uh, I feel like I run it in this, in, in a really like similar way all, all the time. I don't really, but I, I'm not here with like, okay, I have a hundred discovery questions. I have to ask all these discovery questions and then like move on. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm just very focused on like what is busted with whatever they're doing right now and getting them to admit that to me. And so I don't move on from that until I feel really secure and confident that Jordan and I are aligned on like, okay, this is the problem that you're dealing with, right? <clears throat> um, so I don't rush it, I think is, is part of it. I think a lot of people treat discovery as like a checkbox on their sales process. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't think that I tend to, to do it that way. And I agree. I think that people run discovery thinking it's about pain, but it's not. The key of discovery is decision-making process. What is your process to making this decision based on the pains you will uncover? And so, so often leadership has forced us to focus on the pain and for lack of a better fit, some version of future benefit, but then they forget to tell us, well, how do I do discovery on how you make the decision? How do I do discovery on when you know everybody's going to turn around and go, well, I got to take it back to my team. Okay. Well, don't ask, can I get in front of the team? You never are. Don't ask who's the decision maker. They're taking it to the team and say, great, who's the most skeptical person on the team? Because that's who I got to get to. Right. But then, okay, well, once you make that decision, then what happens? What's your legal process? What's your procurement process? Like discovery is not just about the pain. It's about the entire process of moving the deal through. And I think people forget that. They think there's a discovery call. And we also know that it's not one call, right? And so it's, so anyway, so that's, I'll stop ranting. No, 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 it's okay. That's, this is all, this is all extremely helpful, by the way. Like everything, even, you know, like things that I've heard that are being reaffirmed. So when, so it, is there a time during discovery, discoveries throughout the entire sales process? However, are there certain things that can wait until later in the process? Like, do I need to find out 
you know, who is the decision maker on the first call that we have together. Or once I show them product on a demo call and we're discussing the solution and how we can help them, then is it more appropriate to say, okay, now that I've driven value, now it might be time to bring in a decision maker when you might not look silly if you were to bring our solution to the the head honcho. I, I, I might think that an alternative way to do it would just be to ask them about their role and the role that they play in this type of decision, right? Um, how do you do that? I'm sorry to interrupt. How do you how do you do that? Can you do it in a very uh yeah, so one one thing that I that I like to ask is uh who else would be, you know, have their feelings hurt a little bit if they weren't on this particular call? Or if we were going to have another call and run a demo, who do you think would feel left out if we didn't include them? Right? And I'm trying to get a sense of like what's this whole buying committee look like? Another thing I, I, I might say is, you know, the last time that you guys, uh, you know, made a purchase over there, like, was that you who pulled the trigger on that? Or was there a bunch of you? I, I'm trying to find ways to figure out, is this person an influencer, a champion, a decision maker, what have you? And there's a big difference here between full cycle AE type call and an SDR set call for an AE. And from the words that you're using, like it makes me think that your calls are coming from SDRs, right? And so that S SDR hopefully would have already kind of checked that box, I think, if they've done the job right. You should know if you're an A, if Richard's my SDR and he tees up a call for me with Jordan and Richard doesn't have notes telling me like what Jordan's role is, I'm going to be very upset with Richard. Yeah. What do you think, Richard? I agree with everything you said. Um, and again, it goes back to understanding all those pieces, right? Understanding, you know, I think I said, well, who's the most skeptical? Scott said, who's more left out? Who's going to have their feelings hurt? Which I really like because now you're talking about the emotion. Every purchase is based on emotion. People are going to purchase from you, Jordan, and anybody, not just based on what your product and service does, but how Jordan does business, right? Mm -hmm. So when you know when i was saying earlier that you know help me understand you know what these problems mean for you and then scott's combining it with well who's going to feel left out you know you really are getting them to share this picture of pain that is unique and customized it's a customized buying experience like nobody cares about the buyer's journey the buyer's journey doesn't fucking matter the seller's journey matters but because it's about the buyer's experience. Nobody asks you, how was your journey over to the new restaurant? No, they're going to tell you, how was your experience? They're going to ask you that. And so I think sort of combining these two things, you know, based on, again, even back to what Scott said, is based on what resonates with Jordan, right? Maybe that word skeptical is too harsh. Maybe that word feeling is too soft. It just depends on who, you know, whose feelings are going to get hurt. It just depends yeah. on who... What, what fits for Jordan, which may fit differently than what Richard or Scott likes. So just to your, to, to the point of earlier, of like absorbing it, but finding the one that matters and resonates with you because the ones that resonate are the ones that are going to be sticky. That's the stuff that sticks. 
That's a little bit of a common theme here. If you just heard what Richard said and you heard what I said earlier about books and what we were talking about methodologies, it's like, which one resonates with, with you? The one that resonates with you, you're just innately going to be more comfortable executing on. Yeah. And so you're probably going to be better at that. Right. And so it's probably a good idea to lean in that way. I feel like I'm still learning what resonates with me best because I'm definitely oh, more of an. We all yeah. are. Yeah. Believe me, I've got several books that I've started and I haven't finished. You know, like, you know what I've read is The Heart of War, like, which is a great sales book, but I just got bored with it. Like, it's like, I can only take so much of that at a time. So I stopped, yeah. it, which is also the, I feel like is the, I be, I used to believe like, well, I got to finish the book. I started it. And it's like, no, why would I waste my time? Let me go find something that's better. Maybe I'll come back to it. You know, like it's, and that was a, that was a lesson learned in my forties. <laughs> so. I feel like sometimes, um, because I'm a very upfront person, but sometimes because I don't have experience or potentially because I haven't had the the proper mentors in this in like the sales world, I don't exactly know what questions are kosher to ask that can be a little bit more straightforward. Like saying, you know, who's the most skeptical on the team? I might be like, that's an inappropriate question. No, it's always appropriate. So it's knowing what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. Yeah, where but, okay, things like let me let me let me push back for a second and challenge you on this okay now richard and i are twice your age do you think that we had a mentor telling us which questions were appropriate or not appropriate to ask people yes or no i'm going to say no correct answer we had no such thing so you know what we did we just shot it hip. out. We just shot from the hip and learned as we went, man. Just like what you did on that cold call you told us about. It's the exact same mental capacity. It's the same yeah. mental effort of like, I got to do something different. Let me see what happens. And now yeah. the difference is you have an endless sea of information that you can, you know, uh, digest. You have any number of mentors that you can connect with, people you work with, people who are your current or former boss, people like us who you have no affiliation with at all, but you're just like, hey, I really resonate with the way these guys think about sales and they've been there, done that, and I wanna be them when I grow up type of thing. You can reach out to any of those people, but even if you listen to them and talk, you still have to fucking pull the trigger yourself. Mm -hmm. So don't overthink it quite as much. Don't be like, I don't really know what to do because I don't have a mentor. Come on, man. A, you don't need one necessarily. B, you got plenty of mentors to go get. So don't be passive about finding a mentor. Be really proactive about getting one. And, and you know, just don't just sit back shit. and wait for it to happen. Just try shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's about, I'd say it's, it's about like knowing what to, what to try which is why I'm reaching out to things like this and saying good. Yeah, that's great. And learning. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't, that, that, that line, that cold call line wasn't mine. That was a, that was a Josh Braun yeah. line yeah. that he said yeah. on a podcast and I go, I'm using that. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm very good. I think that's something that I'm good at, not to like to my own horn, but I think I'm good at 
hearing something and then going and doing it and trying it and not being afraid. It's just knowing what to go and do. But I think that that all shit, I think that's normal, right? Particularly if you're early in your career to be a little nervous about it. Um, but I think over time you'll take Josh Bronze and you'll try your own. I mean, that's, that's yeah. all Scott and I ever did is we took something, we've learned it, we've tried different things. And then we like, wait a minute, I want to try it this way. And that's all it is, you know, and that just comes with life. Um, and I think, you know, the a big difference between Scott and I is that Scott's very wired to figure this shit out. Like he's really good at it. But I think that comes from his athletic training and being a professional athlete of like, all right, if you're going to make the team, you got to keep doing stuff better, working hard and pushing harder. Whereas I'm a little bit more passive around those things. And it's a little bit more, at least maybe it is for Scott, but it's a little bit more nerve wracking for me to try something new. Um, but again, yeah, I, and that's, whereas I just don't care. Right. Right. And I've gotten I'll, to the place where I'll I don't go try much. I'll go try it. And if it shanks, I'll just be a few times enough that I know it doesn't work. I'll just be like, well, fuck, I ain't doing that one. Right. And I'll, and if I try something and it starts working, I just keep doing that thing until it stops working. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we gotta, we're gonna do a quick pause. I'm gonna ask you a question, but I'm gonna do the read off our sponsors real quick. But my question for you, Jordan, will be of all the things you've learned today, tell us two that you're going to try and implement because you can't do them all in most cases. Okay. But okay. before you answer, uh, obviously a shout out to Sendoso Scratch Pad and Outreach for supporting us. Uh, if you're a founder and interested in checking out Surf and Sales with other founders, it's only a founders group. Uh, please be sure to check out Surf and Sales Texas. It's coming out, surfandsales.com Texas, uh, coming in October. And then of course, check out Surf and Sales for November in 2023. Wow, we're talking about 23 already. You can actually travel and do shit, holy cow. So, um, so Jordan, what are your takeaways? My two takeaways from today is number one, go proactively find uh, my own board of directors, right? Start yeah. looking for more mentors uh, in a proactive way. I think I've been, I think I've been trying to do it, but maybe even be more uh, aggressive with it. And then the second thing that I want to, that I'm taking away is maybe I shouldn't be so heavily focused on the business books as much as I should be saying, all right, where can I improve in my life in general and go and try and read books that will help me learn about that type of art or craft? And if it's storytelling and helping visualize that way, then maybe I need to go read some amazing who's your, authors that can tell great stories. Jordan, who's your favorite who's your favorite musician these days? My favorite musician? Uh I mean Outside of rap, probably like John Mayer would be a good example. Okay, so go read stuff that's written about that he's written. So don't worry about, oh, I want to go find this. I mean, you can go do the storytelling thing, but what I heard you just say is I'm going to find these books that I think are interesting to help me as opposed to just finding something you're passionate about that you like. And I promise you, you will learn something if there's a, if there's a John Mayer book out there. I promise you, if you have different rap artists who've written things, you know, which I think they have, there's many of them who've written books. Um, you know, I promise you, you will find 
those storytelling pieces and all that other stuff. So yeah. I'm not saying you can't go do let me find a good storytelling book. I'm just saying I promise you'll find it anywhere. Lessons in any book. Yeah. Yeah. So cool, man. Scott, did you have a question for him? You want to flip it to him? You want to flip it on you? No, man. I think he, he's got enough on his enough on his mind. I don't want to overwhelm him too much. It's all about the execution of it now. Yep. You know? Yeah. I appreciate uh, the advice and yeah. everything meant meant a lot. Thank you, both of you. You're Thank welcome, you. Man. I think I'm hoping the people who listen to it are like, "Oh, this is a good one," because these are all the questions I want to ask too. So I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. That's what yeah. uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and if people are listening and they want to come do this and ask us questions, let us know. This makes our job easier on the podcast. We're happy to do it. So <laughs> uh, we're happy to pay it forward and help others uh, as much as we can. All right, Jordan. Thanks, man. This was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this and, and connecting with us. Yeah. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Right, um, yeah. Hope you have a great rest of your week. You too, bud. Catch you later. All right. Bye. Thank you.